Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably heard Star's birth coaching series. And ever since we did her postpartum call to process her birth story, I've wanted to distill a few things that came up during that call from what happened during her birth and some perspectives related to that that I really want to explore about our overall birth culture. So I thought I would take you on that exploration with me. So today you could say I'm going to dive into the yin and yang of birth. I want to talk a little bit about how we approach it, what it says about our preparations for birth, our management of birth, and the system of birth that we currently find ourselves. And just some questions that I want to open up about what we could be doing differently. Should we be doing anything differently? Maybe we could do it better, but at least consider what it would look like if we did it differently. So that's what's on today's episode of the Journey to Birth podcast, and I'm so glad to have you here. Imagine transforming the anxiety, the worry, and uncertainty you have about your birth right now into the confidence and knowledge that will end everyone's questions about your natural birth and even have them asking you how you did it. Are you ready to stop imagining your wonderful birth and start preparing to experience it? Then you're in the right place. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth education program. 
and I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's begin the journey to birth. I am so honored and blessed and just so privileged to be a part of so many births, even if a lot of them are from a distance. And I'm always so enamored with how each different woman takes her pregnancy and her birth in her own direction. And for those of you who've been listening, Star was definitely one of those women who took her birth preparation in regard to the work that we did together with her coaching and with the course, and she incorporated it into all aspects of her life. Now, this is exactly what I hope the families who enroll in my birth course do. Of course, not everyone takes it to the level that Star took it to, but in doing so, Star really transformed a lot of herself before she ever arrived at the moment of her second birth. So I want to start this discussion today by spending a little time with the experiences of each of her births and compare and contrast those because she felt so differently after each birth experience. And I believe that this is a result of our current birth environment and what that birth environment tells women they need to do in order to prepare for their births. So you may recall that Star's first birth, if you heard her first birth story, was arranged to be a home birth. But due to a long early labor, several days actually worth of non-progressing labor, she decided to transfer to the hospital, even though she ended up not accepting any interventions. So she did not get any Pitocin. She did not get any kind of augmentation of her labor. She didn't even have any pain control or an epidural. All she did was go to the hospital. And when she shared that birth story, when she told me about the preparation that she and her husband did, how she had read all the books, they took a class, they felt like they had learned a lot about birth. And she talks about how proud she was to have had a natural birth in the hospital, how she avoided pain control, thinking about her daughter and how she didn't want to risk exposing her daughter to medications and how empowering that choice was for her. She told us how her husband wasn't sure how to communicate with the doctors and nurses and how he actually even felt a little bit disrespected when he did try to communicate with them. So she didn't really have the birth partner that she'd hoped to have, which meant she had to take it upon herself to be even stronger in that labor. And so when they left the hospital, she felt so proud that she was able to go through that birth with the outcome that she wanted for her daughter. And rightly so, given everything that comes up for a woman who's laboring in the hospital. But then we have her second birth story, a very different scene than her first. I shared her two-part postpartum series just a few weeks ago, so if you haven't heard that, then you may want to go back and listen to that, because we really pull apart what happened in this birth, and I help Star kind of process through some of the feelings that she has. And this will be a little bit of the summary and a little bit of a side path around why I think she experienced some of the feelings that she did. So for the second birth, Star had her home birth. And in fact, as you hear in her story, for much of the labor, she wasn't even really sure that she was in labor, although her observant husband was pretty sure she was in labor. And this labor was far shorter than her first labor. Remember, her first labor went on for days. And her midwife this time was mostly hands-off. And she said even her husband was less hands-on during the birth too. And yet, somehow, he provided far more of the comfort and support that she needed in this labor when she compares it to her first. The other thing that was different is that 
This time, she prepared for birth by preparing to let go and give into birth instead of focusing on the facts and the information about the labor process and how she could control the unfolding of her labor. This time, instead of telling her birth team what she needed throughout her labor, she told them how she was feeling, and then she let them help guide her when she needed it. And this time, her baby maneuvered through the birth canal and was born with little pushing. But here's the thing that stands out the most. Star felt like something was missing from her second birth. She didn't feel the same sense of accomplishment from this calm birth that she felt from her first birth in the hospital. So in the first birth, Star went into the hospital informed, ready to protect her daughter. She went in as if she was armed for battle, what we call a more young state. Now, being in a yang state is very active. It's unyielding and ready to take action. This yang state, it's really expansive and it's powerful. It's the peak of summer. It's high noon. It's shiny and it's glorious. And birth in a yang state will make you feel very powerful. Doing anything in a yang state will make you feel powerful. But birth itself should probably be more of a balance of yin and yang perhaps even more yin than yang. Yin yin is flexible. It's soft. It's comfortable and dependable. When it comes to yin and yang, we need both. One is not better than the other, but they have their appropriateness at different times. And birth is one of those times when being in a more yin state seems to be preferential. But this requires safety and trust. Because women in labor go inward. They disconnect from the exterior world. They lose their sense of time, their sense of space, their sense of place. And you have to feel completely safe in your surroundings to know with utmost certainty that you have your carefully chosen witnesses protecting your space, that you really trust yourself and your body so that you can let go and really be in your birth. But our current birth culture does not view birth in this way. Current birth culture does not view birth with trust. The mainstream world right now views birth as a medical process that requires monitoring, evaluations, scans, timelines, machineries, drugs. And our birth preparation methods and education programs, they really are supporting this young state, really enabling it by promoting the defensive state that a mother is told to take on when they go into their birth room. And yet these same preparation methods and education programs are also advising women to be flexible and to go with the flow. Make a plan, which is very young, but be prepared to change your plan if the system says they can't support what's happening in your birth, which is very yin. But it's an impossible burden To tell a woman to be on guard and be ready to discuss what she wants in birth while also being flexible in her birth plan. And so we make it really confusing and we end up enabling the yang state, the defensive state, because that's what feels protective and safe. Or in some cases, not as frequently, but in some cases, we see women go so far into the yin that they lose their yang altogether and they just hand over everything about their birth. They don't take any action for themselves in their birth, but 
give it all over to whomever it is they see as the authority in their birth room. But the majority of what we see is women who feel like they have to give birth in this full-on young state, protecting themselves, protecting their baby, and taking everything to this full force extreme young state in the birth room. And when a mother successfully gives birth in a young state, you bet she feels proud. She worked for it. She put everything out there and she protected herself and she protected her baby and she won the battle. And so that proud feeling arises because it's an overwhelming feat in today's system to accomplish that. So in Star's case, when she made the decision to transfer in her first birth, she donned her young armor, she had all the information, and she went into that birth room prepared to fight for her daughter. But in her second birth, she was safe. She did the work to learn about herself, and so she trusted herself inside. She trusted her choices. She trusted her inner wisdom. She was surrounded by her trusted witnesses that she chose to be there. She never had to fight. She never had to wear armor. She herself was strong, strong in her yin, and she just simply gave birth. And somehow, in today's birth culture, that can leave someone feeling a little bit empty about their birth experience. Because we have this idea, we really feel that birth has to come with bravery. It has to come with a bit of a fight. If it's calm and it just happens in such an ordinary way, as Star phrased it, it can feel like less of a feat. Now, Star is not the only mother that I have heard struggle with this feeling, which is why I wanted to bring it up. It actually happens to midwives sometimes. They expect to have to be fierce and strong, especially if they themselves haven't had children yet. But when they're in their own birth, when they actually just let go of physical control and they become yielding in the way of yin, when they give into the birth space, the fierceness leaves too. And they can be so caught off guard by this that they feel like they must have done something wrong or they're missing something from their birth. They prepared for the challenge and the challenge was never there. So I want to ask that we think about why we're in this place in our birth culture. Why are we moving toward an ever more young dominant birth experience? Why are we promoting this with our education and with the birth environments we're creating? Perhaps it has a purpose. Maybe humans, women and babies, maybe they need to become stronger and they're young. And this is the evolution that we need. I always try to keep in mind that that I don't know everything about the direction of our evolution. And I know it can be hard to see the big picture when you're in the middle of it. And though our culture is moving toward the more armored bravery of a young styled birth state, and maybe this is what our evolution as a species needs for some yet unknown reason, right now, I still see room for yin birth for those who really want it. Birth is a beautiful event. It's in the realm of the feminine. It is a transformation. It takes bravery, but a different kind of bravery than we imagine. Really giving birth and giving into the transformation might mean going into the deepest parts of yourself and coming out with a whole new perspective and a whole new understanding of life, of who you are and what it really means to give life. Not to just have a baby, not to just give birth, 
but to truly give a piece of yourself to another human being, to give up all sense of self and come out someone new, a caterpillar into a butterfly. After her second birth, Star said she finally felt like a mom. She felt proud after her first birth, but she didn't really transform into the mom she's become now until after her second birth experience. I like to think that this is the true bravery of birth, letting go and being reborn. And it can be quiet. It can be without a fight, without defending your choices, without a suit of armor. It can be peaceful and so quiet that your daughter sleeps through it down the hall and so ordinary that you realize how grand the whole of life really is. Even if our current evolution is toward more yang in birth, I think we will always need yin births. We will always need women to birth into mothers so we don't forget how to become mothers. So our species doesn't lose its duality and everything that comes from the interconnectedness of the two, the interconnectedness of yin and yang. Now in this whole process that Star undertook to prepare for her second birth, she started listening to her own inner heart. She found the knowledge and wisdom that are contained within each of us, but it gets lost sometimes. When she did this, she transformed into someone who understands the very fundamentals of life in her very cells, which is a truly incredible level of knowledge. And this may have made her birth feel very ordinary in the moment. And when we look at life in the bigger picture, Birth is just one more ordinary part of human existence, but it's in the ordinary that the extraordinary is born. And so they will live happily ever after, yin and yang and everything in between. I want to thank you for joining me on this little exploration of a very different perspective on what we might be looking at as the future of birth the spectrum of yin and yang in birth, where our birth culture is going, what kind of birth you can really have if you want it, all of the different options that are available to you for transformation, for strength, for bravery, for what birth can really mean and who you can become from your birth, in your birth. Let me know your thoughts. What do you see happening in the birth world? Where do you think it's coming from and where do you think it's going? Leave me a comment or email me info at naturalbirthcompass.com or comment on social media at naturalbirthcompass. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and let me know what your thoughts are on this topic. I would love to continue this discussion and hear more about what you're seeing out there in the birth world. And perhaps as we go forward in our contemplations of yin and yang of birth and birth culture and where we are in the world today, we can move further and deeper into where there is no longer yin and yang. There's just the one, the one cohesive flow. But that'll be a topic for another day. Until next time, wishing you a wonderful journey to birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your journey. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you'd like to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review 
or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to birth.